Um, the reading today is taken from John chapter 20, um, verses 19 to 23. And if you're following in, in the Bible, it's on page 1089. Jesus appears to his disciples. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Five verses. That's a pretty short reading. Five verses to describe an absolutely extraordinary transformation in the life of the disciples. Um, they start at the beginning of the, of the passage, fearful, inward-looking, um, the, the doors locked for fear of the Jews, um, dispirited, discouraged, uh, their, whoops, their, their, their dreams in shatters. And at the end of the passage, they're totally changed. They're looking outwards, and they've been given authority and power. It is an e extraordinary thing that happens in such a short, almost matter-of-fact uh, passage this, this, this morning. Um, they move from fear to faith. They move from tears to joy, from despair to hope, from captivity to freedom, from death to life, from weakness to strength, from guilt to forgiveness, from failure um, in the past to um, promise in the future. All of those things are encapsulated in our reading in five simple verses. But there is an incredibly fundamental transformation that takes place in, in, in this encounter. It's almost a sort of process. You see, it starts with the risen Jesus, and then it goes to the risen disciples. And from the risen disciples, we turn to the promise of a risen world. Do you see that? The resurrection of Jesus leads to the resurrection of his people. And the resurrection of his people leads to the resurrection of the world through us. That's what we have in these five verses. There's a, there's a real shift that's going on. And it comes in, in three stages. The first one is, is the word peace. You see, Jesus comes and he says, shalom. I mean, that's just a normal greeting word, isn't it? In, in Hebrew, that's the way you greet somebody. You just say, hello, shalom. But of course, it's also a kingdom word. Because shalom is the promise of God's kingdom coming throughout the Old Testament, the prophets, they longed for a day of shalom, a day of justice, a day of restoration of wrongs, a day of lifting up of the poor, a day when God would bring healing, forgiveness, salvation, when things would be as they should be. And it's all encapsulated in the word shalom. 
And twice in our passage, Jesus says, shalom. The first time, you can imagine, it's just a, it's just a greeting. These poor disciples are in shock. I mean, it's only sort of two days. This is the third day after they've seen their Lord crucified. And, it's, and suddenly the lights switch on. You know how it is early in the morning? Some, suddenly you switch the light on. Oh, well, it's exactly like that in their spirits. Something happens and, and Jesus joins them and, and he brings, their, he brings them to, to the ground and to reality with a simple word, peace. But the second time he says it, he's not just repeating it, he's saying this is more than that. The whole of Jesus' ministry is encapsulated in peace. Think of the, the moment where the disciples are in the boat. The storm, do you remember that? And Jesus is seemingly sleeping on a cushion. And then there comes this moment in the middle of the storm and the, and, and the, and the, the thunder and the waves and Jesus stands up and he says, peace, be still. And everything calms. It's, an, it's like a creative picture of salvation. All the time when Jesus encounters a, a, a man with inhabited by demons and, and, and he's, he's just writhing on the floor and nobody knows what to do with him and he's, 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 he's bound in chains and, and nobody can control him and Jesus says, that's enough, stop, peace. And the silence. So much so that they think he's died. And Jesus just picks him up and the text tells us that he is restored. He is in his right mind. What a beautiful picture of shalom, the kingdom at work, bringing people to their right minds. Or the time when, when a Jewish leader called Jairus comes up to Jesus and, and he's desperate because his daughter is dying. And he's torn apart like the heart of a, a parent can, only, can be seeing their, their child and, and unable to help. And, and Jesus seems to drag his feet and finally arrives there and, and when he arrives he says don't worry she's not died she's just sleeping and they laugh at him and he comes down and he, and he brings her to life peace restored in that home in that neighborhood incredible life shalom harmony wholeness or the moment when Jesus is on the cross and he turns to the criminal by his side and he says, today, you will be with me in paradise. Beautiful images of shalom peace, which encapsulate the promise of the kingdom of God in Jesus' ministry. The disciples, they, they see all that as Jesus says to them, shalom, peace be with you. It's like Jesus is picking up the shattered pieces of their dreams and rather than just gluing them together, he's making something new. This is the start. Jesus is alive. Therefore, the disciples are alive. Therefore, the kingdom is alive and the promises hold true. So we see an amazing kingdom peace, a resurrection peace that comes into this into the troubled hearts of the disciples because Jesus is there, alive, in the midst of their pain, 
And then we see a second thing. We see an amazing resurrection purpose that's given. A resurrection peace, now a resurrection purpose. Because Jesus turns to them and he says, as the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Now, can you see the shift? Up until this point, they've been following Jesus. Jesus has been the one doing it all. And now, not only is Jesus alive, but he's telling them that as he was sent to bring peace, so they are now being sent. The same way. As the, how did the Father send the Son? Well, we know it from the beginning of this gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16, the first verse I ever learned. He's taking them back to the beginning. He's, re, he's remolding them. But this time he's saying that it's with them. Because as the Father sent, how did the Father send? Out of love, he gave himself for life, yes? For the life of many. And that is how the disciples are now sent. Out of love, they are to give themselves for the life of the world. That is the call. And so if the first word in this, in this passage, shalom, speaks of kingdom peace, resurrection peace, the second word is the word sent, and it is apostolos. It is the word that means outgoing. They've been disciples up until this point. Now they're also going to be apostles. And friends, that is what happens when you meet the risen Christ. You don't just receive his life. You don't just receive his peace. You receive his purpose. And you discover that it is possible to be like him. From now on, the disciples will not be turned in on themselves. They'll be turned out to the world. The resurrection of Jesus brings resurrection to their lives so there can be resurrection in the world around. But no doubt they were saying, how in the world is that possible? I mean, after all, we've been following Jesus. It's all right when we're watching him do it, but you can't just ask us to do it. I mean, it's like a pale imitation. It's like children playing in the sand. It's like children uh, playing at, at mummies and daddies. It's like children playing at soldiers. It's, I mean, how can we possibly do it? And we don't want to pretend. Pain is real. And the pain of the world is a real thing. And Jesus says it in a very, very beautiful way. The text says, he turned to them and he breathed on them. Here's our third thing. It's not just kingdom peace. Resurrection peace, it's not just resurrection purpose, it is resurrection power. The text says he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now understand what, what, what John is doing here in this text. He's telling us that we have a purpose but we are not alone. The only way as Christians that we can possibly do kingdom work is if we have Jesus in us, yeah? Because it's his ministry. There is no way we can bring peace, shalom, kingdom peace if we do not have Jesus in us because he's the one that brings it. Otherwise, it's purely stroking people, making them feel better, but it's not bringing real, powerful, life-transforming change. 
And the disciples, they knew it. They were there and listen, they knew they couldn't bring dead things to life. But Jesus was there. God can do that. And God's resurrection power had brought Jesus back from the dead. And now Jesus is saying, that's the spirit that I'm giving you. In other words, wherever you go, whenever you speak, it is not you speaking, it's my spirit speaking through you. That's how you can be ambassadors of the resurrection. It's not you, it's you and me. And so at this moment, Jesus blows into them, breathes into them. The word is ruach. We had a great time on, on, on Wednesday evening for those of us who were here with Stephen Backhouse looking at the Old Testament. And one of the amazing things he said, and by the way, I really, really recommend, come to the second session. I mean, it was gold dust. But one of the things he said was he, he took us from this passage all the way back to Genesis. Because when Jesus is breathing on the disciples, he's recreating them, just like God breathed into the, into the human that he created and, and, and it became a living being. Just like in the vision of Ezekiel, the people who were distraught in exile, who had no hope anymore, they were like scattered bones, dry and dusty. And the prophet sees the Spirit of God coming and breathing into them. And the text says, Ezekiel 37, they stood up a living army. But it only comes when God's Spirit is in us. We cannot do it on our own. Because we're not to, meant to do it on our own. And Jesus breathes on the disciples and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And that is the resurrection power that is given to all of us to be ambassadors. So that Jesus' resurrection brings our resurrection that means we can be messengers of the resurrection to the world. But it only happens when we are living in the power of the Spirit of Jesus so that he speaks through us. He works through us. We are in him and he is in us. Now Stephen Backhouse on Wednesday said a really interesting thing. He said, he said what's the fruit of the Spirit living in our lives? What's the first fruit of the Spirit? I mean, the Spirit's power to do Jesus' ministry. What does that make you think of? Well, it makes you think of raising the dead. It makes you think of healing the sick. It makes you think of incredible insight. It makes you think of, of brilliant teaching and wonderful preaching and changing lives. And well, here it's not that. Here, the fruit of the indwelling Spirit is forgiveness. Is our ability to forgive and what a powerful thing, friends, in our world. A people who know they are forgiven and are released by the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Jesus to forgive as he forgives us. That is life-changing. And so it is that, that Jesus says to them, if any of you forgives anyone, he'll be forgiven. Because Jesus is in us. And the spirit of Jesus is in us. And so the fruit of the spirit is, is releasing life. It's not, it's not crushing. It's not power games. It's beautiful, creative, releasing life. Friends, that's the church's call. 
In a few minutes, we're doing our APCM. Let's not you know, get into some schizophrenic mindset and imagine that one moment we're worshiping and the other one we're doing dusty work. We're talking about God's work. It doesn't matter whether we're looking at paper or, or listening to a sermon or singing. This is, this is the same thing, isn't it? And it will only happen as we receive resurrection peace, hear resurrection purpose, and open ourselves to resurrection power. And we learn to walk as Jesus walked. Five verses to change the world. Oh, may God give us grace and humble us as a church so that we too might be like a light that shines because he has set us on fire with love for him. Amen.